this is Ray from Wild Talk, and you're listening to MASHcast on MASH's Buttons. to episode 162 of the Mash Those Buttons MASHcast. I am Jarrett, and I am here with the Scourge of Ironforge and Games Industry Public Defender, Nick Zellenkavage. Hey, how's everybody doing? Yes, and also uh, joining us today is the Scourge of Ogrimmar and WoW Talk co-host, Jeremy Dupier. Hey, guys. Yeah. Uh, Nick, were you ready for that? I don't think you're gonna... He, he was the Scourge... I don't know. Well, I don't... I'm not really in Argamar to be scourged, so I, I, I don't know what goes on there. Also, oh, not there. Don't care. You pretty much, yeah. He's a Thunder uh, Bluffian. Yeah, just don't just don't come to Thunder Bluff. I'll, I'll have to mess with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so uh, quite a bit to talk about today. More than I actually thought going through pre-show. I was like, oh, there is a lot to talk about today. Um, but the reason why Jeremy's here is because he participated in the Star Wars Battlefront beta. Uh, oh, and actually, did you do it on console or did you do it on PC, Jeremy? Uh, PS4. Oh, console or, yeah, yeah, PS4, okay. Um, okay, so uh, he is actually going to talk a bit about the, uh, you know, what he what he came across in the beta. We thought it would be a, a nice change of pace for the show, maybe. Uh, but Jeremy, go ahead. Uh, how, how did you enjoy the beta? Enlighten us. Uh, the beta was fun. It definitely uh, gave people the ability to see the game and see if it matches to their nostalgia of the other two Battlefront games that were on PS2 and Xbox, I believe, and PC, maybe? Was it on PC? PC first! Come on, Jeremy, get the together! But ya My bad. Get, get um, it together, jeez. <laughs> but, uh, it was pretty cool. Um, the, the first and foremost thing that you'll notice like if you participated in the beta is how just accurate it is to just star wars you feel like you're you know in the uh the episode three episode four movies like or episode four episode five my bad (laughs) (laughs) uh the the graphics the sound effects the 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 way they try and make it look like practical effects like the movies did just uh just everything it was pretty sweet all the different vehicles and uh yeah as far as like the setup and the way it looks and everything it's just all pure genuine star wars but uh gameplay wise it, it it's okay it feels like it's fps light i think cuz there's like no recoil or anything you could just point your blaster at something and hold the trigger and you barely have to compensate for anything. So it feels like it's uh, it's made for just quick action. Get in there, throw grenades around, shoot some people, have fun. Um, 
the game modes that the beta outlined were one called Drop Zone, and it's infantry combat, and you fight over control of like escape pods that plummet out of the sky. And uh, there's no vehicles or anything in this game mode. It's all infantry, if you want to call it that. Uh, and you can choose between third person or first person while playing, you know, the game. And the game mode, I, 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 I come from a, like Call of Duty background when it comes to FPSs or even things like Goldeneye or Perfect Dark. So there was no vehicles in any of those, except for World at War, but I never really played that. And uh, so I find myself playing infantry a lot more, so I like drop zone a lot. And if you get two good teams who try and like vie for control of the escape pod, because that's the name of the yeah, you know, it's drop zone, you're supposed to fight for control of the, of the pod. So when you get two teams that are doing that back and forth, trading the pod back and forth, it, it feels really fun. It's very frantic. It's just really enjoyable. And uh, yeah, I like that game mode a lot. And then there's a, the other game mode that the beta let you play was uh, Walker Assault. And Walker Assault, it's a moving... There's, a, there's another game mode that they described it as and i it's like a it's like a moving defense game like it, it's not all just in one spot because you have to follow the atats so what ends up happening is at the start you get two uh the rebels get two satellite dishes that they have to uplink with and then the stormtroopers or the uh empire push forward with their atats and their atsts and everything and after a certain point the ATATs will destroy the satellite dishes, and then the next pair of satellite dishes appears further down the path. So it's always moving. You know, there's a uh, after you know you start the game, boom! Here's this vantage, these vantage points that you get. They get destroyed. You move to the next part of the map where you get new vantage points, new areas. Like the first part, it's kind of it, there's like a bunch of mountains over on the left side if you're playing as the uh, rebels. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you could get up on the mountains, snipe the stormtroopers. They could do the same thing. They get their own little mountain or whatever over on the same side. But then after those satellite dishes go down, you get pushed back. You get a whole, like, hangar base because it takes place on uh, Hoth. It's the Battle of Hoth, basically. And you get this whole, like, awesome rebel hangar full of X-Wings and all sorts of stuff inside of it. And uh, Walker Assault can be kind of fun. It's very uh, crazy because it's, uh, it's 20 versus 20. And there's vehicles everywhere. You can get power-ups to let you fly, you know, X-Wings, A-Wings, Speeders, TIE Fighters, uh, just the Interceptor. You can control an AT-AT in that game mode. And it's all really fun. But uh, for that game mode, it gets pretty crazy. Because you can be in the middle of something and get shot from clear across the map by a stormtrooper who feels like they need to make a sniping montage or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, the that game mode, it, you know, it's fun, and that's the the thing about the beta is that uh, 
they only give you two maps. There's the drop zone map, which I can't even remember the name of the planet. It, it doesn't it's doesn't ring a bell in my head. Like I can't even remember. And it was just a it's not that long ago when the beta ended. But uh like I said, Walker Assault is pretty much the Battle of Hoth. So you do that. And I'm sh uh, they said that every planet that they plan to have in the game, or every map, rather, uh, will have a Walker Assault variant, so it's not just limited to the Battle of Hoth. And every map will have a Drop Zone variant. And those are the only two game modes that they let you play in the beta, was Drop Zone and Walker Assault. They had a bunch of other ones in there, too. They also let you do one of the single-player missions, which is kind of cool. Uh, there's no campaign or story mode necessarily in that game, but there is the single-player or multiplayer missions that you can do, which unlock collectibles, and you get like this diorama with toy figurines and stuff that you can unlock, and there's like 52 or 32 toys that you can get, and they're supposed to signify your mastery of the game. Uh, like, like trophies? Yeah, pretty much. I would I would say them I would call them trophies, but they're like a visual representation. Someone could click on your Star Wars profile in the game and it'll show them your diorama or whatever. Right. So they don't have to like dig through your PlayStation profile or your Xbox profile to Like who would do that in the first place? I don't care about your accomplishments. You're gonna die anyway. Pretty much, right? <laughs> show me your show me your KD. Where are you at, bro? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I don't I I I guess, I guess some people do it. Like I really don't care. Yeah. Like and even for me, like I don't need to show off my accomplishments. They can uh, witness my accomplishments when I shoot them in the face. Like Pretty it's... much. <laughs> well, it's easier to shoot people in the face when they're busy looking over your accomplishments. <laughs> I was like, maybe I'm just old school like that. Yeah, let's let my let's let my gameplay do the talking. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's how I roll. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like I said, my fa my favorite game mode was a uh, drop zone because it's all infantry. And uh, people have it's it's a highly debated topic when it comes to that game. Uh, what viewpoint do you use, third person or first person? Because the other games are always third person, and I don't think there was a way to switch to first. It was always third person, right? Uh, I I think so. I I that's a tough one. No, I think it was first person. Was it, dude? How long? It's been so long since I played a Battlefront game. I'll be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it, as far as I'm aware, I thought the other ones were all third person. They might be. I'm. I'm getting. I'm trying to get flashbacks now, mm -hmm. <laughs> like uh, of how, like how, what it looked like when I played, you know, back in the day, <laughs> on PC. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty positive it was first person. I'm pretty mm. positive it was first person. Because mm, it, was, it was basically just a battlefield. It was a battlefield clone. Mm -hmm. But with Star Wars. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, actually, do you get that same feeling now? Uh, for this game, yeah. Definitely. That it's a, it's a, it's a battlefield clone. It, it, and, and it's funny because they specifically said that it's not going to be a battlefield clone. But with their, you know, it's dice, their DNA, it's so integrated into Battlefield that any time they try and do another FPS, it's just kind of like, yeah, okay. They just kind of 
you know, it's like a safety cushion, I think. They're just like, let's do it like this. It'll be okay. But Yeah, I think they have that system in place. And uh, I'm thinking back, I'm like, I think Battlefront was third person before. Yeah, because in this one, you could switch to first. You could, And you can even switch between them, like, on the fly. You just hold, well, for PS4 or Xbox One, at least. I don't yeah. know how you did it on the PC. You just held down on the D-pad, and you right. could swap between third and first. Well, we have an entire keyboard of keys, so I'm pretty sure that's not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Might be a scroll wheel thing. <laughs> Maybe. Well, and actually, that kind of makes a lot of sense. You said the, the guns don't have recoil. If, it, if the game was made to be played in third person, mm-hmm. um, that would explain why there's no recoil. Because, uh, I mean, this, it's not impossible. But in a third-person shooter, uh, it's definitely not as easy to compensate for recoil as it is in a first-person shooter. Yeah. Like, imagine playing Counter-Strike in third-person. No, thank you. With, with with the recoil of those guns. You know, like, it's just... In a first-person shooter, it's a lot easier to compensate uh, for the recoil than it is uh, in a third-person. So that, 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 that makes sense. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, maybe that's what they mean by it's not a battlefield clone because battlefield is definitely all first person. Oh, it's all first person. There's actually recoil. I <laughs> there's no recoil in Star Wars per se. Like there's bullet spread. Like I mean, it might be hard for other people to differentiate the two. Yeah, your bullets kind of do kind of fly off a little bit off marker, just a hair. But it's really easy to rein in. And again, there is no recoil. Um. So yeah, the, the, like I said, the game is for like fast-paced action. You don't really have to worry about where you're aiming. Well, that's great in a shooter. <laughs> I say that, but the blasters do have a little bit of like travel time, like the bullets, I guess, or the lasers, I should say. Yeah. So you would kind of just like lead your target a hair, and and then you'll meet your mark. I guess that's the same for any other gun. Like you have to lead your target. In Battlefield 4 and Call of Duty. So I guess it's not really too much of a big deal. Well, in Battlefield... Well, not Call of Duty, but Battlefield 4 specifically. Well, Battlefield 3 and 4, you have Ballistic Drop. Yeah. So it's way more involved. Yeah. Than, you know, I, I imagine you're not going to have Ballistic Drop when it comes to lasers. They're fucking light beams. <laughs> <laughs> like they, they shouldn't have Ballistic Drop. Yeah, there's no drop there for sure. Um, But yeah. Uh... I could see myself having a lot of fun with it, but I'm already uh, I'm already locked into a different game when it comes out in November. So, what game is that? Black Ops Three. Oh, you're locked in already. You haven't even played it. No, I played the crap out of the beta. Oh my god. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I haven't been this excited for Call of Duty since Black Ops Two. Which I mean, given how fast they come out, I guess wasn't that long ago, but it seemed like it was. Was it we three did- years? Well, uh, yes, that's the, that's the cycle they're on now. Yeah. Um. So, wait, you didn't play Advanced Warfare? Uh, I tried it, and I was it. It was fun, but it didn't it didn't warrant to purchase from me. I didn't like Ghosts either. Well, because the movement in Advanced Warfare, like the the movement in Black Ops Three, is just a. It's, it's, I was I would say it's slightly enhanced. Yeah. I, you know, it's slightly enhanced from what was in advanced warfare so yeah i don't know so i didn't get like, people tell me oh i didn't like the advanced warfare but i like black ops 3 i'm like what wow like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, what, the movement what changed is slightly... my mind yeah no yeah not, uh it 
I played it enough at a friend's house that I was just like, okay, I don't need to buy this. <laughs> ah, gotcha. Yeah, so, I, I too am looking forward to Black Ops Three. Which, if this, if my, if three years ago, you know, I, my podcast self could hear me saying that now, they'd ask me, "Who am I? What happened?" <laughs> they'd ask me, "What happened?" Yeah. Uh, but back to uh, to Battlefront. Um, so. You just you get two planets, two maps. Oh, well, two planets, and those are the, your maps. Yeah, and uh, just the two game modes. Um, actually, did you did you interact with the community at all? It, 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 I I already know there's a community involved in Battlefield or Battlefront. It's actually as soon as uh, as soon as there's announcements, communities are forming. Oh yeah, podcasts are starting, which is like, apparently not uncommon. Podcasts starting before games come out. We, uh, me and Nick ran into. Well, actually, I, I ran into, and I dr- drug Nick into an Overcast podcast that had thirty-two episodes. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't even get involved in the beta because I, I wouldn't say I don't like dice, but they lost me. They lost me when they fucked up Medal of Honor, the, the second Medal of Honor from the oh, reboot. Oh man. They lost me with Battlefield 3 and Battlefield 4 because it felt like they were just, instead of being Battlefield, they were trying to be more Call of Duty-like because they wanted to pull more people in. You know? like, am I, Do you think I'm wrong in thinking that? Because you played Battlefield 3 and 4, correct? I, I own 4. I played a bit of 3. Uh, I, like, I, I guess I didn't play it enough to feel that way because for me it still feels like an entirely different beast than call of duty well okay let me ask you this did you play any previous battlefields to that bad company 2 yeah so going from bad company 2 to battlefield 3 you don't see the difference i'd say it's a bit faster but i wouldn't say that it was still arcade i wouldn't say that it was arcadey like call of duty is i don't know I, well, they focus way more on close quarters combat in Battlefield 3. Okay, yeah, that's true. That was the first time they ever did that in a Battlefield. Battlefield was always wide open. Yeah. Okay, I could see that. I could see how you could say it'd be call, more Call of Duty-like because of that. But I thought that was a DLC where they made all those maps where it was like really close quarters. Well, no, they made more maps in the DLC. The other, the other like maps to begin with, like it was everything. Like it, the battlefields weren't as open. They were, um, like the, the battlefields were large. I would say, like large, I would say is fair. But they were like in more cities and more closed up. You know, okay. like you weren't you weren't getting sniped from halfway across the map. <laughs> <laughs> Always know. a pain. Yeah, but at least in a battlefield game, that takes uh, skill. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it takes skill to to do that. Like if you shooting like, like if you in a battlefield game, like let's say Bad Company Two, if I had to shoot somebody a thousand yards away, you know what I'm saying? You couldn't put the crosshair on that person no, and you pull had- the trigger. You had to aim up, maybe a little bit to the side if you, especially if they're moving, uh-huh. you know, to lead the shot. So it kind of like drops it on their head. That shit was awesome. Let me add that into the game. But uh, Battlefield Three really didn't have. Uh, Really didn't have that, so that's why Dice kind of lost me uh, because I thought they were losing their identity. It's funny because like Battlefield to me went more Call of Duty like, 
where Call of Duty is now pretty much just embracing being an arena shooter. Like, they went from being a military shooter to being more arena-like with the movement. I mean, the advanced warfare movement and the movement that we see in uh, uh, Black Ops 3 definitely makes it more like closer to Unreal Tournament than any other Call of Duty. <laughs> oh, yeah. And th- yeah. that's a good comparison because a lot of people miss Unreal Tournament. So I figure that's oh, a... it, it. It's not Unreal Tournament. <laughs> it has a long way to go. But you know? <laughs> but it, it is getting closer to that with like, you know, movement being very important, things like that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's why I, I really didn't get into the, the Battlefront beta. Cause I was like, ah. I'm not really a dice fan anymore. I don't, I don't know. Like, it's just I don't know. Like I I love Star Wars. I loved Battlefront one and two. And when I saw this, I was just kind of like, eh, eh. I don't know. But you, you, you like is well. You said you you don't know if you're gonna purchase this. Uh yeah, it it would be probably way further down on the line after I get what I want out of uh Black Ops Three. But I mean, what I played of it was fun. Like. I would be very likely to recommend it to somebody who's looking for something other than Call of Duty. But I mean, if they're looking for a good first-person shooter, I will say Call of Duty first, probably. <laughs> wow. You wouldn't have expected to hear those words on this podcast. <laughs> you know. Hey, I still like the game, but not the company. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm over Activision at this point. Yeah. It's not Maybe so much a big deal anymore. Yeah, they, they they follow the behavior patterns of the people. If people buy the DLCs, they're gonna push them out. Yeah. So people buy the DLCs, they keep pushing them out. I can't blame them for that. Hey, it, it makes money, right? Yeah, I can't blame them for that. They like they really don't care about your hobby. <laughs> you know, they care about making money. And your hobby happens to make them money, so yeah, they will that, take advantage of it. Yeah, that that's that's pretty much it. Uh, so on the PS4. I mean, dice with with the frostbite engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always noted how great the frostbite engine looks. Yes, you know. And in terms of the PS4, like, is this the best looking game you've seen on the PS4? Because uh, that's what they that's what they 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 want it to be the best looking game on the PS4. <laughs> I mean, if that's what they're going for, they're on the right track. It's it's a pretty damn good looking game. Like, it feels like you're in Star Wars. Everything looks real and authentic. Like it looks, it looks authentic to the movies and everything, but it feels like it could be real. Just looking at it, you know, more so than I don't know. Like, I, it, it matches the feeling that you get while watching the movies pretty well. You're like, yeah, I could, you know, I could see that. Right. I feel like I'm in there. So okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. This, it, is it, you think this or Metal Gear looks better? Because Metal Gear looks phenomenal. Uh, given the type of game Metal Gear is Metal Gear does look very phenomenal but I think this pushes out a little bit more because of I, I think they're really trying to uh, grab hold of everybody of all like the Star Wars people so the, I feel like they're be, I don't know it's it's really hard to say because you know how some games can look they like look spectacular but they play like kind of slow to compensate for the fact that everything looks like super real. At least that's the yeah. way I that that's how that feels. Like it's super frantic action, but there's not like a whole lot of it. Basically what you saw in the beta is what you get and the rest of the assets or the rest of the power is going towards 
bringing what you see to the screen. Gotcha. Metal Gear is faster frame rate, more action going on. I don't know. It's it's different. The, oh, so does Battlefront play at 30 frames on the console? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Well, it has to play at 60 frames on the PC, or else PC community is going to burn dice to the ground. <laughs> at least it looked like 30 frames. I may be wrong. Well, I mean, there's a stark difference between 30 and 60 frames. I mean. Oh, yeah. So yeah. if you say 30 frames, I'm, I'm taking that. If you I'm say, a- I don't know, it's not 60 frames. Yeah, either way, it's probably not 60 frames, because I'm trying to look at it and, like, I'm not oh, I'm not trying to look at it right now, but I'm trying to picture it in my head and how it moved. I don't think it's 60. That makes sense. That makes sense because, uh, you know, they want a smooth experience across the board. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want it being jerky. Because actually going from 60 frames down to 50 frames is a jarring experience. Oh, yeah. I'd rather it stay steady than hop around. Yeah. So I, I can see them cutting it back at 30 frames a second. Um, I'm pretty positive on the Xbox that also is going to play 30 frames per second because they have they haven't um, they haven't released that update yet to uh, to improve the user interface. Oh, they haven't removed like the Connect BIOS from the. Oh no, they did that part, but they okay. they're coming out with another update that's going to even reduce the uh, uh, the weight of the interface even more. So okay. you know, I think we're going to see uh, faster frame rates in the future. Not only anything that's in development. Well, coming out soon, but in the future. For sure. So. All right, cool. Thanks for, uh, for you know, dropping the knowledge on the beta. I, I know it was short notice. I just asked you about it yesterday. I just had a thought. Maybe for next time. <laughs> we'll uh, have some extra advanced warning. Yeah. Was like, Give Nick some talking points. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh, move into the regular show now, um, which... <laughs> We'll see how that goes, because I was like, well, now that Jeremy's talking, we got to have to, you know, cut it down a little bit. That really didn't happen. So uh, buckle in, folks. It's <laughs> <laughs> you might be here for a little bit. Uh, that's not a threat. That's not like a threat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let's, let's just get into the news bites. Uh, three main news bites here. Uh, one, <laughs> there was a uh, website... Actually, why can I see the actual name of the website now? Oh, actually, sorry, it's VG247. That's the website that did a preview of Uncharted 4, said some things about Uncharted 4. Then they found out that they didn't play Uncharted 4. They played the remastered Uncharted 2. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so they had to uh, put out push out an apology saying, no, we're sorry for the... Uh, you know, uh, for the confusion. Actually, the the name of the article was "Is Uncharted 4 a Thief's End 2 Formula uh, Formulatic?" Uh, and I actually did not read that article because I think they took it down by the time this came out. And uh, they probably asked that question simply because they're like, "Man, this is probably a, this is a whole lot like Uncharted 2." <laughs> <laughs> and then they realized it was Uncharted. Well, they found out it was un- it, was, it was actually Uncharted 2. So. Um, yeah, they actually did push out a statement and uh, apologize for any confusion um, that that may have caused. So if you read that article from VG247 regarding Uncharted 4, just know that it was Uncharted 2. Uh, next up, we there are some stats released that say that pre-orders 
actually drive more sadness than anticipation, which is something that we kind of already know, but now we have hard numbers to prove it. So uh, there was a report done or a study done, and it said that emotional reactions from pre-orders or, or announcements from pre-orders resulted in sadness 33% of the time, joy 18% of the time, admiration 18% of the time, and disgust 16% of the time. <laughs> Anticipation only accounted for 2% of reactions. Uh, less than 9% were a surprise and 3% were anger. And uh, fear was like 1%. So it's slightly ahead of fear. <laughs> I wonder what type fear. of tweet what type of tweet represents fear. Yeah. I, you know. I'm, I'm currently wondering that myself. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm if it's if you ever feel sadness from hearing about pre-orders, you know the state of pre-orders. There you go. You you are not alone. You are in the majority here. So is it sadness like I'm sad that I did this and I participated in this terrible system, or is it do I have to participate in this horrible system because some of the stuff or that you're just sad because the system exists? Period. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so like that's that's probably more what it is than anything. Uh, so yeah, uh, like I said, if you if you get sad over pre-orders, you're not alone. <laughs> uh, final piece of news is that the Nintendo uh, NX, the software for the Nintendo NX, the software kit specifically, is being distributed, or at least that's what's being reported by the Wall Street Journal, who has blocked me from their uh, seeing the content on their website. I guess I looked at it one too many times. Which one too many times would be twice. <laughs> they really want you to pay for that article now. They want me to pay for that article, or I can just search for it on Google and find somebody who took a snippet of the article and posted it somewhere else. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, no thanks for that subscription. <laughs> Gonna have to pass. Yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, according to sources close to the Wall Street Journal, uh, which remember, if you do go to the website, only go once, you know, or, or you know, just I don't know if there's another article you want to read on that website. You might not want to waste it on this one. <laughs> uh, but go ahead and the um, sources close to the Wall Street Journal. The uh, Nintendo is uh, distributing software kits for the NX platform. No hardware info has been released, which I'm like, I, I, that's kind of strange to me. Like, I, I would think you need to know the hardware specs to start developing game for the NX. You know, you need to know well, what your limits are. I don't, I don't know if you need to know them exactly, because remember there were all those reports of the dev kits for the Xbox One being sent out that had, like, two, like, jury-rigged video cards taped together? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, I, I think as long as you've got, a, I guess, the basic framework for what it's going to do, and, and I'm sure, you know, so, some idea of what you're working with there, you could probably start development on it. I'd expect actual hardware dev kits would go out shortly after this, but I mean, yeah, I guess this is so people can at least get a get a, get a running start on uh, developing for the console. Yeah. So yeah, hardware we don't know yet, but we you know the spec uh, the speculation is is that it's going to be a powerful console because Iwata said that they you know they were this is going to be for gamers. This is like you know this is this this console is going to be the the focus would purely be on gamers and you know in the, in the recent years or not even recent for almost a decade Nintendo. And they've been getting shit for having underpowered consoles. Yet still, they make great games. Yeah, so. this, this this is like Nintendo being like, "It's on, son." Yeah, seriously. Like if they if they bring out a console that's super powerful, 
or actually more just more powerful than the current consoles, which isn't going to be difficult, by the way. Um, not only would they have their amazing first-party titles, but they'd have some third-party support, finally. Yeah. I think that spells more trouble for Microsoft than anything else. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. Microsoft is still on the climb up, and I have faith. But, you know, Nintendo dropping a console in 2016 that's more powerful has first-party Nintendo titles and third-party Nintendo titles. Come on, that's third-party titles from developers? That's pretty hefty. I really feel the third-party titles are really just the icing on the cake. I mean, Nintendo's proven that they're viable without them. I mean, they've yes. they've kind of gone it on their own for the last decade. You know, it, it's, it, you know, I, I mean, really, Nintendo's like the nicest company. It, they're kind of like flipping the bird at everybody. <laughs> Dude, yeah. a Nintendo mic drop would be awesome. Yeah, so. and especially if they release like with a hot, with a you know good hardware and they improve their network, dude. That's a that that's a killer console right there. That's a killer console right there. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm not gonna make any speculation yet until we, you know, we'll probably see something at E3. Hopefully, no fish demos like they <laughs> did with the Wii U, and hopefully, no confusion. Which I still don't understand why there was confusion whether the Wii U was an actual console or not. Yeah, you you overestimate people. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. This common sense isn't all that common, right? Yep. All right, let's move into our actual uh, articles here. Um, First up, Allison Road, which was a game that spawned from PT. You know, PT got canceled. People were kind of upset about it, and so a developer made you know start working on on a title called Allison Road. which was basically supposed to take what the, the horror that PT had and then, I guess, expand upon that. Because we don't know what else the game was going to be about or how else the game was going to play. Konami put the, you know, they, they put the axe on that before we knew anything else. I don't even think another trailer came out for mm-hmm. P, for uh, Silent Hills. Nope. So, you know, Allison Road went to Kickstarter. Uh, they had 4,482 backers that pledged about... $222,500, which is over the project's goal. No. Uh, I'm sorry. No, it was under. It was under. It was under. Sorry about that. I was. I, I read the E, the, uh, what is that? Pounds? Yeah, that looks like pounds. Yeah, the, I was reading the pounds value. So it was actually under by, uh, I would say, about $78,000, which I don't think, I mean, it's a possibility. It could have made it, but maybe not. Either way, it doesn't make a difference because the Kickstarter is canceled because Team 17 signed the developer, and it's it's going to be published and financed by Team 17. Um, so they canceled the Kickstarter, which is great. Well, not great, I should say, but um, it was a good move on their part because, you know, now they don't need the funding to say, hey, you know, keep your money. The game's coming out anyway. But some people are upset because uh, now they won't get the... Um, the uh, the rewards, the Kickstarter rewards. Yeah, but and they weren't going to get them anyway. The game wasn't funded yet. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but now they won't that. even have a chance. Yep. Yeah, that, now they won't even have a chance to get them. Which I mean, they. I don't know what to tell you, dude. Like that's just that's the way it is. <laughs> I would I would rather have a chance at get at not getting rewards and not getting the game than guaranteed to get the game with no rewards. Right. Now your reward <laughs> is that you didn't have to kickstart the game. Like, you know, because if the game... Let's say you're, you were a low-end contributor. 
you only contributed like 10 bucks. I'm pretty sure that didn't get you a free copy of the game. You know, you well, probably, it's not a free copy because you already paid 10 bucks. Well, no, like that 10 bucks didn't get you a copy of the game. You probably, uh, it probably gave you a, uh, you know, like a reward. You know, so you'd have to you pay you put your ten bucks and you get your reward. Plus, you, now you have to buy the game. But then, you know, some people probably paid over that. They probably paid like let's say ninety bucks or a hundred bucks, especially if it hit, you know, uh, as high as it did in terms of, uh, you know, close to its goal. Mm-hmm. So now you don't now you don't have to overpay for it. You know, now you just pay for how much how, how much it costs when it comes out. Yeah. Win 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 win. It's it's a good thing, right? I I don't know what the rewards were, to be honest with you. Um, actually, can I see what the rewards were, even on the Kickstarter? No, they're cool? gone. It's all gone. Oh uh, uh, yeah, even the page. The, no, page, the page is there. The page is still there. It just says this Kickstarter was canceled. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe the stuff that they were gonna get for rewards, they'll be able to sell separately. I mean, theoretically, they could. If if I mean, clearly there was an interest in them, but. I don't know what I don't understand is I saw a lot of hype for Allison Road. I know there was a lot of disappointment with PT and, uh, and Silent Hills getting canceled, and everyone was like, "Oh my God, Allison Road! Life is great again. Everybody's saved. The world is an amazing place." And the game wasn't even funded. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like so it, it, again, it's one of those things where I don't want to say that there was like a vocal minority who was all you know all, all crazy about Allison Road, but I thought based on you know, the impression that I had gotten from the community was that this game was full steam ahead, and apparently it wasn't. So good for Allison Road and, and their developers for getting funding from somewhere, because apparently the community that was behind you, they they could give way more in terms of, you know, like emotional support than they could financial support. Um, but also, I mean... I don't know. Like, I, I, I get some people are upset. They're like, I didn't give money, like, you know, just to, to, I didn't give money to this just to get the developers to run off as soon as, you know, like somebody waved a check in their face. But like, nobody gave money to this. Once the Kickstarter's canceled, your money comes back. I don't even think, I don't even think Kickstarter takes the money from you until the Kickstarter is approved. So, yes, exactly. That's the thing. The Kickstarter has to be approved in order um, for the, the money to be taken. Yeah, so nobody gave any money to this. Everybody just said, basically said, I would give money to this. And then the developers were like, here, I'm, a, or not the developers, but the uh, the investment team that uh, actually uh, is actually funding the game. They're like, no, we'll give the money for this. Everybody else go home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we so. want all those sweet rewards. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That would be awesome if everybody at the at the, the the new companies just sitting there wearing their Allison Road T-shirts and other Allison Road stickers all over their computers and stuff. <laughs> yep, that's the whole. That's actually why they really did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they just wanted the sweet rewards, all that sweet <laughs> swag. Yeah. Now now I just want to like become super filthy rich just so I can buy out Kickstarters and ruin everybody's day. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's cheaper ways to ruin everybody's day, Nick. <laughs> They're buying out Kickstarters. Yeah, but now, now, now you're telling me I shouldn't have a dream to be super rich. Um, no, no, there's other reasons you could be super rich. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you can work it out. <laughs> let, let me go meet with my accountant. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the company that picked up the Kickstarter though makes me laugh. I I love the Worms games. <laughs> 
Yeah, I thought that, I was like, I thought that, I, I don't want to say it's weird, but I was like, huh. Because that's the only thing I actually know Team 17 for. Yeah, same here. I don't know what else they've done. I just, I, I have like three or four of the Worms games and they're all super fun. So it's kind of interesting to see like, oh, now they have a horror game on there, you know. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I did think that was weird. Not weird, but interesting. It would be awesome. Very if, interesting. It would be awesome if it's now Worms, Allison Road. Oh, dear. It would not be awesome if it was Worms, Allison Road. <laughs> it would not be awesome at all, actually. <laughs> but thanks for, for, thanks for playing, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's move on to our next topic, which is uh, microtransactions and payday 2. Uh, apparently, there's a there's I have payday too, but I didn't know they did this annual crime fest event. But there's an annual event called Crime Fest, which I guess this will be the second. Third, well, yeah, the first year they definitely didn't have a crime fest event. The game came out in 2013, so it had to be 2014 and now 2015. So this is the second year I imagine uh, that they they've, they've been doing this event, and uh, there's these crates or what are they? Uh, are, are they called crates? Safes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so these safes that have content. Content, I'm like, I guess, uh, weapons, weapon skins, armor, things like that. If you've ever played uh, CSGO, uh, then it's the same idea, I guess, because in CSGO, at the end of every match, uh, you have a chance to get you know weapons, you have a chance to get uh, crates that have like skins and other weapons in them. Uh, or variations of weapons, like, you know, uh, one of the weapons I got... Actually, I, I didn't get it from a crate. I forget how I got my silenced M4. I got a silenced M4. Um, I cannot remember how, how I actually got it. Yeah, I think um, it's just a random drop. Yeah, like, sometimes like sometimes it just drops, but a lot of them come out of these crates. You know? Uh, so it's the same idea there, but the difference is that... Um, a lot of a lot it looks like a lot of the items inside the crates have stat and boosts on them. Okay. So you know you your weapon may do more damage, it may hold more ammo, maybe more accurate, you know, if you have armor, you can take more damage, maybe move faster when you're carrying, you know, money. Because in that game, when you carry too much money, you slow down. So, you know, uh things like that. And in order to open these safes, this is the kicker, in order to open these safes, you need to spend uh, 250 I guess, to get a key or maybe a safe code. I don't know. Uh, but, um, yeah, you, you need to pay 250 It's actually the same exact price of getting keys and Counter-Strike to open up the crates. You spend 250 to open up the safe, and people are flipping out about it. Um, there is uh, are, are, um, threads on Reddit, one called Fuck You Overkill. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, go, you know, expressing their disgust about it. Um, players have bombarded the Steam page uh, with negative reviews and protest. You know, and um, apparently, you know, even Polygon has reached out for comment from Starbreeze, and they haven't gotten any comment back yet. Uh, which what day was this one, Nick? That was the sixteenth. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's been no comment regarding it. And even going through and reading the comments uh, on Polygon, people are, you know, uh, getting really, really upset about it. Um, and apparently, I guess the, the way Crime Fest works, there is challenges you have to complete. And 
your reward are these crates, apparently. So you're playing the game in a particular way to fulfill these challenges just to have to spend real money to open Yeah, I guess that's not, that's that's I think that might be in bad taste, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> that's in bad taste, you know. I, I don't, I, you know, not everybody, they might not be mentioning the good stuff. Like, you, you may get some rewards and not others. Like, you may get, like, uh, maybe a few weapons and stuff like that, and then you get a crate on top of that. Um, I don't know. I might need to just pop it open and check it out and report back. But then again, I haven't purchased any of the DLCs. Um, I think I purchased one DLC and that was it. <laughs> uh, for, for, this game for a payday too, but um, yeah, I, <laughs> I personally I feel like the outrage comes from not so much. I mean, besides the fact that the 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 cosmetics have stats associated with them or whatever, or that the items inside the safes have cosmetic or uh, stats evaluated to them or whatever, but uh, the company said that the game would never ever have microtransactions, and now it does. Yes. Yeah. I, that I, was a bit, you, they, should, they should never say anything like that because yeah. you never know. Yeah. You so never think, know what's going to happen. I think that's what pissed people off the most. But uh, the the stat thing is kind of a. Uh, I don't know. It's strange. It's weird. Um. Well, this there's a few things. First of all, th- uh, this game, like Payday Two. Does not have PvP. It's all PvE. Okay. Uh, so, a, a, you know, with Counter Strike, if Counter Strike had stat boosts on guns, I think that'd be more of a problem because yeah. then, you know, people have unfair advantages that they paid for in the game. That's an issue. Mm-hmm. But with this one, like, you're not, it's all PvE. So, you know, like, it's just that that person may have, like, somebody that you're playing with may have a, a stat boost that you don't have. But it's not necessarily unfair because they're not fighting against you. You guys are working together. It's like it's all helpful. Okay. You know, there's no PvP element to this. You know, so I I I can see why some people be upset, but I think it's an overreaction because like, well, I want to be able to do that too, and yeah. I you know, I didn't I just because I didn't pay for it doesn't mean I shouldn't be able to do it. Like, oh, in this case, it it doesn't unbalance the game. So, like, uh, yeah, that pe- person paid for that stat boost or that weapon or whatever. Okay. That, that's theirs. Like, you know, but hey. I, yeah, uh, this that, is... I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, uh, you know, on, the, uh, on that hand, you know, it's like, hey, thanks for spending the money and making this easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, this in my... I think this is more of an entitlement issue uh, where, you know, gamers, they... You know, whatever price they pay for the game, they I shouldn't say gamer, because that's just wide swathing. Yeah. You know? But, you know, uh, these people specifically, they like, well, I already paid for the game, why do I have to pay more for it? And you're right, they did say that there were going to be no microtransactions for this game. So that was part, partially that's their fault. But then you got to start looking at the reality of the situation. Okay? The reality of the situation is that most people who have this game bought it on Steam sale. This game was out for almost a year before it blew up. Okay, this game was out for almost a year. Then it hit the Steam sale in the wintertime, I believe. 
Um, yeah, it seemed sale in the wintertime. It was, it was a December same sale, and then it exploded because it was like $5 or something like that. <laughs> I remember because I bought it. That's how I got the game. That's how I got the game. So I you're, bought it. You're part of the problem. No, because I'm not sitting here complaining. <laughs> the guy got the game for five bucks, and then because it was so cheap, I got like four or five other people to buy it. And then that's when you started hearing, you know, getting reports on what's happening with Payday 2 because more people are playing it. You know, that's when the game became popular. So most people who had this game did not pay the full price for it. So, okay. yeah. The- and they're complaining about two dollar and fifty cent keys. Yeah, actually, let me look at what the uh, well the price is now. Oh shit! The price of Payday Two. Yeah, the normal price of Payday Two is twenty bucks. And right now, right now, the game is five dollars. Wow. Okay. Right now, the game is five bucks. So. Yeah, actually. So you're spending There's half the lot. admission price for one of these keys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, now, <laughs> you, anyway. you, right now, if you look at it like that way. Um, but yeah, man, I didn't realize this game had so much DLC. Jesus. Yeah, somebody said there's like double the, like the like normal retail price. There's like double that price in DLC. That's so that, true. That's where they're making all their money then, is they're just charging charging for the DLC then. Yeah, like actually one of the DLCs uh is like fifty bucks normally. Wow. Yeah. Just for one DLC? Yeah, the Charlie Santa Heist. Let's see. Let's let's come let's let's take a look. Actually that's weird because I have that DLC and I didn't pay for it. Maybe it came with the summer sale at the or the sale at the time. Oh, that's the whole game of the year edition. Ah. Yeah, that's the whole game of the year edition, which comes with all the DLC, which by the way, you can buy for twelve forty nine right now. Wow. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, yeah, this is weird the way they have this thing priced out. Okay, I'm looking at I'm looking at the Yeah, some of these say like the Shadow Hide Raid uh Shadow Raid Heist, Charlie Santa Heist. The diamond store heist, like these are all listed at fifty bucks, but they're all just part of the. That's stupid. They're all just part of the um, the game of the year edition, but the yeah. game of the year edition isn't listed as being purchasable. Huh. Yeah, there's only a few DLCs that have the normal DLC price, like the Hot Miami DLC, which is four bucks, but it's actually a dollar right now. Hotline Miami DLC. Yeah. You can have they have a Hotline Miami DLC, I guess, where you use uh, melee weapons. Oh, and you get like the masks. You get like the masks and stuff like that. Oh, that's no, that's cool. kind of cool. Actually, it looks like it's a whole different game. Like it's not just like because you no. Know, Are you sure you're not looking at Hotline Miami? I'm, I'm, I'm positive. Yeah, like, I'm looking at it right now, and this DLC, like, it says enjoy an all new heist. It's one heist. Five melee weapons, three new machine guns, and a ton of mods. A ton of mods and eight new masks, patterns, and materials, all inspired from Hotline Miami. And it looks like you're not necessarily going in there to rob, like you're actually going in there to kill. That's what it looks like, just like in Hotline Miami. Okay, I dig it. their, Their pricing structure is a little weird here. 
to be honest, which is hard to, to be tell. fair. Hotline Miami is a little weird. Well, I'm not talking. I'm not talking about the DLC anymore. Anymore, thanks, Nick. Hotline Miami is not weird. It's awesome. It no, but it, no, it's weird in a good way. It's weird in a good way. But come on, it's a little weird. No, that's because you haven't finished it. That's why you don't understand. It makes perfect sense when you finish the fucking game, Nick. Okay, let me go work on that now then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but they haven't. Oh, what'd you say, Nick? Uh, what'd you say, uh, Jeremy? Oh, I was saying, to be fair, I haven't played two yet, but I love number one. Oh, yeah, two is so much better. All right. It's fucking yes. phenomenal. I still got to get into that one. Oh, yeah, it's good. But okay, back to fucking Payday 2. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're on the case. We're checking it out. So they, <laughs> they do have DLCs that they have been releasing over time. Okay. It looks like the average DLC price is between 3 to $5. All right. Uh, they have a Game of the Year edition where you get all of the DLC for free. Okay. Um, but like I said, the reality of the situation is that more than likely a lot of these people aren't paying full price for this stuff. They probably got it on sale. Like, for example, as people get it on sale now, who are getting everything the game has to offer for $12. You know? And that's just the stuff you want. A lot of the uh, a lot of the DLC is very optional. You know, it's uh, it's masks, it's skins, it's guns, you know, things like that. So you know, you maybe you don't have to purchase all of the DLC. You know, but the thing about this game is that I was gonna get from the beginning is that the developer, in order for a game to be supported for this long, like they're they're pumping out new content on a regular basis for this game. Someone's got to give at some point, mm-hmm. you know. Someone's got to give. Like they're gonna need a way to support themselves, and you know, they have, like I said, they have a lot of DLC, but the DLC is optional. So I would imagine more than likely there's not a lot of people buying the DLC, you know. Especially, especially with, like you know, gamers work like, well, I don't. You know, the gauge weapon packs, they're not mandatory. They help out. Don't get me wrong, but like if you already the game came with so much stuff already as it was with the weapons and your options and things like that. Maybe if you're getting bored with the game, you'd want to pick up some new weapons and stuff, and that's why you got the gauge weapon packs and things of that nature. Um, but other than that, like I, they're probably they probably didn't sell as many DLCs as they need to to keep the game afloat to support the content. And now we're moving into you know well microtransactions because they will help support the game more. You know, it's not like it was before, unfortunately. I mean, obviously, the model has changed, you know, since the golden era where you'd buy a game and then the game would come out with expansions later on. You basically just paid a solid price and that was it. And any additional content directly from the developer was free. But you know what also happened with a lot of those games? Like, let's say Unreal Tournament, uh, Battlefield, uh, Call of Duty in the beginning... They all re- released with dev kits. All released with dev kits. So not only did you have... The developer didn't necessarily have to work as hard to push out content to keep the game fresh because the dev kits made it so the community could keep the game fresh for you. You know? Yeah. Some, of the, some of the best maps that I played in those games that I just mentioned, some of the best mods I played in that, those games that I just mentioned were all from the community. And that just doesn't happen anymore. Like there, I don't. I, there is no dev kit for Payday, to my knowledge. I mean, it does use. I'm pretty sure it uses the Source Engine, so uh, you know, if you, you might be able to create mods and things like that. But I don't think there's a way to easily um, mod the game. Like it's not built into the game for other people besides the developer to be making stuff. Mm-hmm. 
So if, if people who like, obviously, there's a lot of people who like the game. Four thousand comments on a on a Reddit thread. There's a lot of people affected by this. Um, I say affected by it like it's some type of illness or some shit like that. Like, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people who 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 care about this. Like, I mean, uh, you you have to expect that the developers going to continue to support it. You're gonna have to pay more money down the line. Doesn't mean you have to get raked over the coals like Activision does with Call of Duty. You know, you basically pay for a call if you buy a season pass, you get ten dollars off of what well, this of all of the season's content. Because normally the season the uh, the the uh, each DLC in Call of Duty is what fifteen dollars, and they release four every yeah. year. Uh, so you're paying for two games basically to get the full Call of Duty experience. You got to pay for two games. With this game, I mean, I think with the amount of content, I'm just looking at the amount of content they've released, and I don't know, man. Like, it seems kind of fair to be honest with but you. Isn't there something a little bit disingenuous, though, insofar as I mean, I understand that. Okay, so you know, the economics have changed. You need to add microtransactions to your game, but the way I think the way they added it, though, and I know that that you said TF2 does this similar thing with crates, but it's this whole premise of we're going to give you the safe. You you have the safe. It's in your, your inventory. So it's almost like we've given you this item, but you can't access it because until you pay us the 250. It's a little it's a little almost extortiony that you know like because if if it was like they were just like okay, we're going to put up a shop and you can go and you can buy just buy the stat boots the stat boosts straight up. And you can pay your your money, you know, charge two fifty for whatever the stat boosts are. You know, hell, make them even temporary so people have to keep buying them or whatnot. Um, I think if they had done that, then it's like okay, then it's it's more of an opt in kind of situation here. But now it's like you're playing, the, you know, the the crime fest, and you're randomly being given these safes that you can't access. It, it's it's a little more. It's almost like they're giving you something, but then taking it away and then forcing you to pay for it. Whereas if it was just a straight up just a straight up microtransaction market. Yes, they would have been going back on their word. And I think the thing is, you can go back on your word if you explain everybody that you, you know, that, that the situation has changed and you need to, you know, sell things for money. But it's, I think it's a lot of this too is the manner that they're doing it, that they're giving you the safe and then they're being like, oh, but if you really want what's in the safe, you have to give us money. You know, like the, well, both Counter Strike and TF2 do the crate thing. Um, the Counter-Strike one is not that big of a deal. A lot of people don't pay for the crates. Cause, and, and now, this is a problem probably with this as well, with Payday 2. You don't know what's inside the safe. So you could pay 250 and get garbage. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the problem. I, I haven't seen anything saying that there's a straight-up uh, uh, straight microtransaction marketplace for you to buy these things. But there really should be. Yes. To be honest with you, there really should be a, micro, uh, a place for you to buy these things. Uh, straight up, because that's where Counter Strike comes into play. Like where you can pay two fifty for a key, or you can go into the marketplace and straight up buy things if you really want to. You know, like if if you want if you want to do that. Um, TF two actually, I think the reason why people didn't shout like scream and holler about TF two doing this is because the moment TF two switched to microtransactions, the game went free to play. Yes, you know. And maybe I don't know. Maybe that would help with this. With that, you know. With, but then people who paid for the game before would be all pissy about it. Well, I would imagine they'd be all pissy about. It. Maybe not because well, actually, that's, TF2 is a, a whole different beast because you didn't technically speaking pay for TF2 by itself. 
you bought the orange box for TF2. Yeah. You know, so people paid for this, even though they might have paid five bucks for it, they still paid for it. Like, you know, one of the comments is saying, um, you know, uh, this is not the game that people paid full AAA price for two years ago. Dude, you didn't pay full AAA price for this game. To be fair, you don't know that. Maybe that guy is like the one this of like This game has never been did. $60. The one dude, yeah. This game has never been $60. Ever. <laughs> Ever. I think maybe at the highest it was 30 bucks. Maybe. No. It's, this game has never been full AAA price. Ever. Yeah, or AAA for that matter. <laughs> yes, exactly. It has never been, it's never been AAA. Even though some of they, they do have some voice actors that are like, oh, okay, I didn't know that guy was in this game. Well, see, that's what they need to take the money to pay for the damn voice actors. <laughs> but, uh, no, like, yeah, I mean, I think whenever microtransactions comes into play, people just start getting all all upset. Like, I don't, that's the thing, I don't think a game like this, where it's PvE and co-op PvE, microtransactions and stat boosts aren't as big of a deal as they are, let's say, um... Like um, Blacklight Retribution, where you can buy a super mega powerful gun piece by piece if you want to. This this fucking shit that is completely unbalanced and just blows people away. You can buy that in that game. And that's a problem because PvP and that affects the, the balance of the game. Like, you know, it's unfair to other players. This one, not so much. Like, at the most, you're helping other people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That That's the thing. That's why I... I mean, I get it. I get why people are upset to a degree, but I don't think it's, it's as big of a deal as people are making it out to be. You know? And I, for the people who did pay for the game, you know, even myself included, it's like, well, this kind of, you know, kind of sucks um, that they're changing this way, but, you know, I would have to play it be honest with you, and report back because I have to see if it changes the initial experience I had. If, the, if doing this did not change the initial experience, then I have nothing to complain about. Does that make sense? Like if, if, it, if it doesn't change the experience that I had before this came out, you know, if, if it doesn't affect the way I'm playing uh, now, then I don't think it's a big deal. Like, uh, Destiny has more of a problem of, the, of that than this game. Where, you know, you buy vanilla Destiny, you know, let's say last year, but if you didn't buy any of the DLCs um, or the, the expansions, it nerfed the way you could play the game you originally bought. Mm-hmm. Like you were pressured into into buying those expansions, whereas All here that locked content exactly like are they going are is content being locked out that was there before? Okay, but let's let's play with this thought experiment though. Here, let's say Destiny. Nick's about just, to say some bullshit, but go huh? ahead. What'd you say? <laughs> I said Nick's about to play some bullshit. I am about to play some bullshit. Let's say Destiny put in everybody's inventory an exotic Ingram and said you have to pay us two fifty to to get that Ingram decrypted. Okay. Nobody would like Act. I mean, nobody likes Activision now. But like, uh, tell me that the Destiny forums wouldn't blow up the same way with everybody calling bullshit on that. Well, yeah, it would also be called bullshit. But at the same time, you can take those weapons and then go. Like, let's say the weapon that that it decrypts. Uh, first, the weapon that decrypts is like the super powerful, overpowered weapon. It's like the Thorn Two. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. You could take that weapon into the Crucible and be completely unfair. That's why that would be a problem. Yeah, I, I, as soon as you started saying that, Nick, I, I, I was thinking about what Jared said about how this game is cooperative. So 
shouldn't matter too much that the cosmetics have stats associated with them because they're on your team. Being able to go into PvP with stat boosts that you paid for is a different beast entirely, so... Yes, but exactly. I, I guess my argument is I don't even think that the actual stat boost themselves are the issue. I think it's just the whole, I'm going to give you an item, except you're going to have to pay me to get the full benefit of the the item. Like, it's not real. I mean, fundamentally, they're not giving you anything. I mean, the crate is just a, a virtual box or, you know, it's, the save is just a virtual box. You can ignore it. But I think there's like a psychological aspect to it. Like, here, I'm going to give you this, but not really. I'm not, I'm not really giving you this. You have it's, to. It's not that big of a deal. Like. I've been dealing with them in TF2 for, like, you know, the better part of a decade. And then Counter-Strike, go. Like, people just kind of like, oh, there's a crate. Laugh it, it off. If anything, it'll be like the, if they're like the crates in those two games, you can sell the, the, the safes on the on the Steam market. Yeah, yeah, you could sell the crates for TF2 and, and Counter-Strike. And because, market. I don't know exactly how Payday 2 works, but crates and Counter-Strike go, people have custom community servers where you just sign into the server and go idle and at the end of the round it gives crates to people at random yeah payday 2 on the other hand it seems like you actually have to play and it drops at random so you actually have to participate that's because on for counter-strike go the crates you you can get a crate the crate doesn't sell for for anything you go you try and sell a crate on the marketplace particularly the shadow cases shadow cases just came out like not too long ago and a shadow case is now only like 50 cents but some of the older ones you could you can't you can't sell them for anything i think i think the most you could sell like a chroma 2 weapon case for is three cents just because of these servers that let you sign in and go idle you you actually get banned from these servers if you move (laughs) (laughs) you just click it you know, go into the game and stand there and wait the t- 15 minutes or whatever, how long they have the timer set to. And boom, round ends, random people get cases, new round starts, boom, do it again. It's it's really goofy. So, you know, Payday 2, hopefully, because of the way the game is played, the safes will actually sell for a bit more than three cents. <laughs> hopefully a bit more than 50 cents, too. Yeah. And then the thing is, like, you know, if you play Counter Strike or TF2 a lot, and you get a lot of crates. Why, even though you're not going to get much money from them, you might as well just put them on the marketplace might as because well. you're not going to use them anyway. Yeah, you know, I know, I know, I do. And mm-hmm. some of the some of the Steam games I buy, like you know, especially during the summer sales or or, or other types of sales when um when uh you know those cheap games come around, I can get a game for free. Because of the money that I, you know, made, you know, quote unquote, uh, with, uh, you know, with selling the crates, especially yeah. the TF2 crates, Counter-Strike crates, not so much, uh, but the, especially the TF2 crates. Yeah, you know? I've almost, I've almost amassed a whopping five bucks selling my crates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, so that's a game. Up. That's it's a game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that right now. That's payday two. That's a game. So, Bam. especially so if you if you pay play payday two that much that you you you're getting crates, just sell the fucking crates, dude. So are, are we saying that you have to pay play TF two to get your money and then use that money to unlock the safes in payday two? You could do sure, that too. Why not? If you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I get why people are upset, and you know, like, 
anybody who's listened to the show for some time, they know how I feel about consumer digital rights and, you know, publishers, uh, bad practice or publisher and developer bad practices but i can kind of see based off of the history of payday i can see how this can happen and it not being that big of a deal like i said i need to i maybe i have to see if i can take some time this week to get a group together and actually play payday 2 uh so i can see how bad this is uh because like, like I said, if I can retain my original experience that I paid for, if I can retain that, you know, then I don't see a problem. It's probably not that big a deal, but I think it's just the whole, all of a sudden, the community's been throwing microtransactions they weren't expecting. And yeah, it, it, I think, if anything, this was poorly managed by the Payday 2 devs as far as presenting this to the community. Yeah, never, never say that you will never have microtransactions and then suddenly have microtransactions. This is akin to when there was the paid mod thing for Skyrim. Yeah. We're not going to tell you about it. Hello! (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, that also, I mean, I I thought that was also paid, um, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Blown out of proportion. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, yeah, I mean, what they should have done. I don't think they should have done this during such a big event. Yes, yeah. this should have definitely been done when they had they had a bit le- you know a bit less visibility. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, uh, but I, I'm gonna see if I can get a group together this week and pay and, and play Payday Two and see if it really affects the gameplay or if it's, it's just something that they're not used to. If it's something you're not used to, guys, let me tell you, it's not that big of a deal. It really <laughs> is not that big of a deal. I, I want to know how much money you wind up spending on these keys. Probably zero dollars. Because, See that now. <laughs> because I've, I've spent zero dollars in Counter Strike. Like I've, I've spent zero dollars in TF2. Like, I haven't spent uh, any money in TF2 mainly because TF2. I have like so much shit. I have so much shit in TF2, dude. Uh, because I've been playing for so long. I'm, I'm expecting that the next time we record, you're gonna keep getting interrupted by calls from debt collectors. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Like, let me take that call. <laughs> nah, but uh, yeah, I don't see that big of a deal. Um, let's move on to the next topic because it's also I see people making a bigger deal out of something than they really should be with the Star Wars Battlefront season pass. Oh my god! So the Star Wars Battlefront season pass is going to be fifty dollars. Going to have three new modes and an uncounted number of maps. They have I don't think they've said how many maps are going to be coming uh, with the Battlefield B- Battlefront DLC. Now, once the Battlefront DLC comes out. You know, if we'll, then we'll need to determine if it was worth the fifty bucks or not. But people are already complaining about it being fifty bucks. They're probably already upset about it, and I get it. I get that you don't want to pay fifty bucks for DLC. Uh, actually, the season pass is cheaper, ten dollars cheaper. So actually, DLC is going to be worth sixty bucks. It's going to be sixty dollars worth of DLC. Uh, but you can pay fifty bucks for the season pass, and uh, I, I, the only thing I, you brought this on yourselves—you <laughs> <laughs> brought this on yourselves. Like, why is this a surprise? Why is this a surprise at, at this point in the game? Like, I can't blame EA or, like I said earlier, Activision for doing these things. People are like, oh, well, this is just greedy. First of all, you don't even know what's included with it. You don't know what's included with it. Dice. I will say this about dice. Dice DLC typically, uh, 
in at least in the past, their DLC has uh, been like a game's worth of content. Like with um, Bad Company 2, they released that Vietnam DLC. Mm-hmm. That was a whole nother game. <laughs> you know, that was a whole, that was, that was a whole nother game. <laughs> you know? So DICE has, a, in terms of DLC, they, like, uh, they, they kind of have a, um, a good reputation, a good uh, reputation when it comes to DLC, but I think it's more of an uh, people see the EA name and it automatically represents evil. But I can't, I can't, you know, blame EA for going this route because it works. People pay for for the past what since Modern Warfare Two, people have been paying sixty dollars a year in DLC. Lots of people, lots of people. It only makes sense that they want to get the same action. You have as gamers, you need to speak with your money. If you don't like the way something's going, you don't buy the DLC. I have not bought one single piece of Call of Duty DLC, not one, because I think that DLC, for the most part, is a ripoff. It's you know uh, reused maps, and it's it's actually not that much. Actually, with the Black Ops games, you usually get the most because you get the zombies. Mm-hmm. You know, you get you get the, you get the uh, the zombie maps and the different changes there, but like most, like you know, with the Infinity Ward and even the uh, not Black Hammer, I forget what they're called, what the Black Sledgehammer, yeah, Sledgehammer, the DLC, like I don't think it's worth fifteen dollars for a few maps, you know, so I don't Especially buy it. Especially if it's a map from a different game. Exactly. Like I don't buy I don't buy it because I don't agree with it, and then I just like okay, well that's the end of it. I, I'm not gonna buy it. I speak with my money. Speak with your money, but you don't. They're like, well, oh, I gotta get it. I gotta get it. You know, yeah, pe- like... People th- don't treat DLC as extra. They always treat it as mandatory. Yes. yeah, Yes, they do. And some people are like, well, my friends play it, so I get it. Alright, if that's the case, then, then that's what it is. You know? But at the same time, if collectively as a group you didn't, uh, you know, you didn't buy the DLC, you went and played another game, there you go. Yep. Secretly, secretly, I think people want the DLC. Like they want it, but they don't like it's fifteen. That's fifteen dollars. They want it. They don't like it's fifty bucks. You know, they want to play it, but they want it free. You know, or they want it super cheap. Well, I think they just want the complete game experience to be close to sixty dollars. Yeah, and that's very true. Very, very valid point. But yeah. in some in some games, like for you know, some games they'll give you what I would consider a complete game. In that sixty dollar package, and then the it's and then it's extra on top of that. Like I will say this, I do think Call of Duty, the sixty dollar package you get is a complete package. Um, the DLC is extra. It's like icing on the cake. It's expensive fucking icing though. <laughs> that, that's that's the problem. I think it's 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 unfair. Like it's unfair how expensive that icing is. Like they they, they gouge the price. But then you have a game like Destiny. Where you did not get the complete game experience for the sixty dollars, in order for the in order to get the full experience of Destiny for year one, you had to pay a hundred dollars, and even that's debatable because they didn't really fix the shit that they needed to fix until the Taken King. You know, so that's one hundred forty dollars. That's a bit of a different story, but. I mean, I can't. I'm not going to guarantee anything because actually, with our last topic, we just saw how guarantees work. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would say Battlefront is probably going to be it's going to be a, a complete package, 
just like Battlefield 3 was, just like Battlefield 4 was, it was a complete package. I don't think you're going to be left wanting. And then they're going to have the DLC. You're either going to like it or you're not. Wasn't, so, wasn't this the game that has no single player mode, though? Yes, it does. Ha- there, there is no single player mode. So, so I mean, I'm not saying that you can't provide a complete game for $60 and only have that game be PvP. But I feel like that's... Like, well, like I mean, Call of Duty, you're saying that that's worth $60. That has a campaign mode. Yeah, but who, most people don't even play the campaign mode. But it's, still, it's, it's like still, but it's still there. It's, it's, it's still. I mean, I mean, you know, I buy a car. I don't use the cup holders, but I still paid for them. Why don't you use your cup holders? I, well, I do use the cup holders. I just exactly. Thank that's, you. That's, that's a poor example. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, but I mean, you know, just because I, you know, just because I don't use a certain feature or something, I paid for it. You know, it doesn't change the the price. I mean, it, I guess it changes it as far as my use for it. But that that my use of what I pay for is sort of in my own personal economics, not in the economics of how that something should be valued. And I mean, yeah. So you know, if you look at Call of Duty in a vacuum, and you say it's got a campaign mode, it's got PvP mode, it's, it's worth sixty dollars. That's fine. But if this just has a PvP mode, I'm not saying that it can't be worth sixty dollars. I'm just it, it's it's kind of got an uphill battle to go in order to justify that price. Well, that's true. Like, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, like I said, for the beta, there, there is single player missions, but it's not like a campaign. And you can, they're they're co-op too. You can play online with a friend or play split screen with a friend. So are you doing so, these missions like inside of like battlegrounds then, or no? They're 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 completely separate. It's like a single player game, like like a campaign, but it's not. They're like little micro things, basically small things that you would do if there were a campaign mode. And Battlefront has always been like that. Actually, Battlefield was like that before Bad Company. That's what made Bad Company Bad Company. That's why Bad Company was so special when it came out because it. I don't want to say it just had a campaign. It had a story mode. That's what it was. It had like a crafted story with plot points and shit like that. Before that, all of the Battlefield games, the single player was literally just, um, you know, you going into multiplayer maps and completing certain objectives. Yeah. That's what it was. Actually, Bad Company, I didn't even, like, when I first bought Bad Company, I didn't play the single player for a year. Because I didn't realize it was an actual single player to it. Okay, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like an actual, like, story mode to it. That's the yeah. difference. So it has the campaign. And maybe it's a, maybe it's a little out of date because there's people who are going to play this game that don't even remember what Battlefield was like before Battlefield 3. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's part of the problem. Probably, you know they 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 won't even know what it was like because that's that's exactly what it was like to play a battlefield game before um fucking uh uh a bad company before they started pushing stories into the into the battlefield series. Yeah, but uh, as I was saying, because it's not like a campaign per se, they're just like little micro single player or co-op missions. Maybe they can add more missions via DLC because for some reason with other first person shooters, such as call of duty, they don't add on to the campaign with DLC. It's always just the multiplayer with this. They might be able to add more single player content as well with the, with the DLC. Right. Right. Yeah. Like like, to my, like like I said, we have to, we need to get more information on the, DLC. There's yeah. nobody should be purchasing it, purchasing the season pass right now. 
simply Not for the fact that we don't it. know exactly we don't know what's in it. That's like people who purchased the uh, the Arkham Knight season pass before learning what was in it. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, I just got a press release about a few days ago that finally details everything else that's coming out in the Arkham Knight DLC. Then again, I will <laughs> in in the case of Arkham Knight. A Rocksteady had to pause, put a pause on the DLC so they could fix the PC version. Mm-hmm. Because that bodes well for their DLC. Yeah. <laughs> so, so are, are we saying then that, that pre-ordering DLC leads to sadness? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Studies have confirmed. So yeah, I mean, I do think it's being... Uh, I don't know, maybe it's just the upgrade. The up, I'm getting tired of the outrage machine. Anytime something happens, it can't just be like, a civilized conversation about it. It's all outrage now. Yeah, it's you know? all outrage. I, personally, for me, it's always like I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Shrug, yeah. whatever. Exactly. Like, oh, $50 season pass, I need to see what's in it. Because I'm not anti-DLC. I'm also not anti-microtransactions. I'm about fair DLC and fair microtransactions. If I feel like I'm being gouged, I'm going to say something about it. I feel like, oh, well, whatever. You know, Five, bu- five bucks for a Carlton? Five bucks for Carlton? No thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no thanks. I don't need it. And you know what the funny thing is? Bungie thinks they're slick. Bungie gives you 400 silver. Which is that's, $4. That's $4. $1, $1 to, you know, short of getting the Carlton dance. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, I, I guess that's the thing about the Carlton is that the people doing it think they're slick, but everybody else looking at them knows they're not slick. Yes, <laughs> you had you had to put the extra buck in to get that. Yeah, see, I was, I mean, and the only reason I uh, I have this, the special edition dances from uh, the Taken King, but mm-hmm. that's because of the way I got the Taken King. Let's just say I didn't pay forty dollars for the Taken King. <laughs> I know how you got the Taken King. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so when you know when somebody did the hammer dance. And I'm like, uh, well, even if I buy this, I'm still not paying the full price for the DLC. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Why not? I already won that battle. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> you, know? you pay day two to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> got it on sale. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, the, uh, yeah, like, the, the, the five bucks for a Carlton dance, I, I looked at it and I was like, well, oh, no thanks. I actually still have my 400 silver. Like, I still just have it sitting there. Maybe one day. I'll feel like spending it, but for the time being, I'm not spending any more money in that game. Uh, they still owe me fifteen dollars for the Dark Below, as far as I'm concerned. So maybe if they start, if they, if the rumors are true and they start pumping out free content, like you know, free expansions, maybe, maybe then I'd be like, okay, we're even now. Yeah. But until we'll then, I'm waiting my fifteen dollar check in the mail. <laughs> Man, the Dark Below is just that bad, huh? Oh, it was awful. It was awful. Let's not let, we'll, listen to In Orbit. I talk about it every episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my friend came over and was trying to show me stuff in the dark below, and I was just like, eh. <laughs> it might be one of the worst expansions. Actually, no. No, actually, the, the Arkham Knight has the worst expansions in video game history. So I'm not even going to play around. Like that, the Arkham Knight has terrible. Like for set being in a phenomenal game, the uh, the DLC for Arkham Knight is fucking awful. That's sad. So, yeah, That's it sad. is because the Arkham Knight is amazing. It still might be my game of the year. 
you know, because Metal Gear is awesome and it's fun to play, but Arkham Knight, I was the Batman. Like, that game was the shit. <laughs> Noise. Yeah. But let's uh, move on to our next topic. Um, <laughs> also, I guess it's, it's about money. This is the money. This is the money podcast. <laughs> uh, so Bloodborne is launching a Game of the Year edition with the DLC included in November. First of all, didn't Bloodborne come out in April? It came yeah, out in April. Was it, that, was it this year? Yes. No it way. It was this year. Wow. Destiny came out. I remember because my clan, my Destiny clan stopped playing Destiny to play Bloodborne. Okay. So, like, Destiny comes out in September. Bloodborne comes out in April. Shortly. What? Or was it, it in March? Was it March? It's, it was a few weeks after Hotline Miami. So, let's say March. Let's just say March. Okay, so... uh. Bloodborne, March 25th. March 25th. Okay, so it was the end of March. Bloodborne comes out, you know, and I don't know, what was that? What was I say? April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. So eight months later, they released their Game of the Year edition. They didn't even wait a full year to release <laughs> their Game of the Year edition. Okay. First of all, how are you going to have a Game of the Year edition without the year being over? You haven't even been out. You know, the year's not even over. Nobody in November, nobody has cast Game of the Year yet. Like the the, the title Game of the Year means nothing now, because <laughs> nobody. First of all, nobody's giving Bloodborne Game of the Year. It's not Game of the Year in any category. Okay. <laughs> but if they know that, then why bother waiting? Like if they, if they know they're gonna get, do a Game of the Year edition and they know that they didn't actually earn it, why bother waiting to make it look like they actually would have earned it? Why not just you know like complete the sham and just go for it? Well, but yeah, I guess call it something else. Yeah, like the complete edition or some shit like that. You know, but that's the thing. Like, not only is it not a game of the year edition, but second of all, players who bought it back in March are now and who bought the DLC separately uh, now kind of get shafted. You know, they get shafted because if they were just waited, they could have got the whole package together. Usually, they wait at least a year for that. Yeah. But if they had waited, they would they would have spent eight months not playing the game of the year. Well, they wouldn't have spent eight months playing the game anyway because the game like I think most, like my, my people in my clan they played that sh- the shit out of that game and they were pretty much done in a month. After about a month, they were done and they had this uh you know they, they it looks like the uh I think they had they were supposed to have two DLCs but it it actually came out as one together. You know, like it was called the Old Hunters DLC, which was actually just announced last month. You know, it was just announced. Yeah, it was just announced last month, the Old Hunters, and it'll be sold separately um, on November 24th for everybody who already has the game. Okay. So you paid $60 for Bloodborne, and you'll have, you'll pay whatever, how much this DLC costs, let's say between 15 and 20 bucks, if they're smart. But then. You know, if you didn't buy Bloodborne at all, now you get the whole package for sixty bucks, less hey, than a year later. Props to me because I haven't bought it yet. Yeah, exactly. Like, good for Jeremy, bad for people who bought it already. <laughs> I don't know. This is kind of in bad taste, if you ask me, because it is a bit. That's kind of weird to have a, a game of the year edition with the DL- DLC on it come out roughly mm-hmm. around the same time as the DLC separately. Yes. That's, that's strange. 
Well, one, I think it's kind of disrespectful to the customers that paid full price for it. Yeah, because they paid 60 bucks back in March. Now they're going to pay, like you said, 15 20 bucks for this DLC. Now that's, you know, that's 75 80 bucks on them, whereas somebody else can get the DLC with the game for only 60 Yeah. So that that's kind of, it's kind of bootsy. Yeah, exactly. Like, it basically just tells people... Wait. Well, what, wait, yeah, like, wait. Like, the, you know, these games already have a hard enough time with people buying day one. Look, look what happened to Tomb Raider. Like, Tomb Raider was considered a failure when it came out because it didn't hit the numbers it needed. They, like, they, they, I think they wanted Tomb Raider to hit 3 million sales within the first 90 days, and it didn't. So, up, oh, it's a failure, you know? Yeah, which is sad because that game was phenomenal. Yeah, exactly. But later on, I think six months down the road, it actually hit the, the, that mark. You know? Was it because they released the definitive editions? Definitive editions came out like a year later, like more, oh, okay. than, more than a year later, actually. I think. All right. But yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like it, it just tells people to wait, and they already they don't need that because they already have problems buying the people buying the games day one or fucking ninety days. You know, after the title comes out, they have problems with that, and that can affect their jobs. Like you know what I'm saying? Like oh, this game's a failure. Cancel the next one. You know that that can definitely happen. But two, yeah. like I don't want this trend of you know because Destiny did it. Destiny's a huge offender, you know. Basically, Destiny Bungie gave a hundred and forty dollars worth of content in a sixty dollar package, and did not compensate the the year one players at all, you know. Because mm-hmm. if you buy the Taken King now, if you go to a store and buy Destiny now. You get the Dark Below, you get the House of Wolves, and you get the Taken King in a $60 package, whereas the all-year one player is paid $140 basically to beta test that game for a year. And basically. in response, all Bungie did was give throw, throw out some shaders. That was it. Because if you want to get the, the dances, you actually have to pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love that. that B- Bungie was just throwing shaders. They're yeah. just throwing shade. Yeah, they just threw out some shaders. That's it. Oh yeah, this is what they. This is this is fine. I they. It's completely like you know the play. It leaves players feeling unappreciated, especially in a game like Destiny. But Bloodborne, not so much. But with Destiny, the the reason Destiny is the way it is right now, be is because of player feedback, hmm. constant player feedback. Destiny would not be Destiny without constant without the feedback that players have given it. And it feels like it you're kind of leaving your your most loyal fans in the dust, you know, yeah, but they gave you they gave you four hundred silver, fuck them, and they're four hundred <laughs> silver. It's the same thing that the uh that d l c that was coming out for Deus Ex. like you know well, they canceled that now they can be at the d l c idea now, but the um you know the idea that this, the d l c was gonna be super cut up. I'm not the DLC. You're talking the pre-order. The bonuses. pre-order, yeah. Sorry, the yeah, pre-order you, bonuses. You pick the bonus that you wanted. Well, no, not even that. But you, you had to, like, it had to be unlocked. Like a certain amount of people across the fucking planet had to pre-order had to the pre- game. Yeah, and then, it, and then, yeah, like, I, like I said, uh, even then, after you reached that amount of pre-orders, people had to choose which like bonus they wanted because, like, tier one and tier three had three options and then tier three had like two options so you had to like pick and choose but now you just get all they still have the uh they still have the pre-order system in place yeah but you get everything now 
instead of having to choose. And then the game won't come out four days early either. It comes out at the same time for everybody. <laughs> I yeah. thought that bonus was bogus. Like, it was really dumb. If the game's ready, you shouldn't just be like, here, four, four days early. Like, really? It's done? They just fucking give me it. Uh, some people go crazy for that. Like, NBA 2K, if you pre-ordered it, you, uh, you got it, like, Thursday before it came out. Mm-hmm. You know? So people love that shit. <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> you know? Love that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I get... You know, your most loyal customers are the ones that you're shafting the most. Like, you know, these you need these people. You need these people who are who are willing to pre-order. Like, I mean, I love Metal Gear. Fucking love Metal Gear. I didn't pre-order the shit, though. I didn't either. You know? That's the thing. Like, you know, you, you they're, uh, they really are, um, I don't know, it's just, it's just ass backwards. <laughs> you know, this whole, this whole, the trend that's going, you know? It's ass backwards. You're leaving the players who are your most loyal kind of out in the cold and feeling unappreciated. So yeah. for your next venture, why should they buy it day one? Especially because a lot of people struggle to buy these games, you know? So why should they struggle day one to get your game? You know what I'm saying? And pre-order it and stuff like that. Why? I don't know. Maybe it'll come back and bite them in the ass eventually. Probably. <laughs> One could hope. Probably. Oh, Nick doesn't think so. Nick's probably right, though. I'm just wishful, <laughs> wishful thinking on my part. This, this is the one time I don't need to be the, the video game public defender. It'll defend itself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, let's move on to our last topic here. Um, Nick <laughs> brought up a good point um, regarding developers. You know, developers that kickstart games, but then spending money on frivolous things like, I don't know, expensive voice actors. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know how much the voice actors actually cost. Um, but th- this all started, I got Broken Age for free on PS Plus. And I was playing that, and I noticed that one of the characters, I was like, that sounds like Elijah Wood. And then I you know, looked it up on IMDb, and sure enough, it was Elijah Wood. And I'm like, oh, wow. And then I guess, like, Will Wheaton's in the game, and I haven't really played it that much to get to hear much of the other voice talent in there. But there was apparently some some top-notch voice, you know, voice talent in Broken Age. And then also, I know I'd been seeing a lot of ongoing stuff, which we really haven't talked about here, but ongoing concerns about Star Citizen and whether that you know, that raised, what, like $6 million on Kickstarter, and there's concerns whether that'll ever actually be done or not. And Forbes had a nice little article listing all of the talent that's going to be in Star Citizen, including Gary Oldman, Mark Hamill, Gillian Anderson, uh, John Rhys Davis, Andy Serkis. Um, and, you know, like, you know, and, and so I guess as somebody who, you know, I, I, I guess, no, I admittedly I haven't given any money to any of the Kickstarters, so I, I really, I don't officially have Props a dog in any of these hunts, but I would think that, especially in a case like Star Citizen, or even Broken Age, I mean, Broken Age, and I know it, was, it wasn't necessarily financial that motivated them to have to, you know, split their, their game into two games to, to be released, and I don't think they did a second Kickstarter, um, to raise more funds, so I think they were able to survive off the in, initial round of funding, but um, I guess it was so more so more so with Star Citizen than with Broken Age, but I think it's still a concern that where you're giving money to a game to be made, and then is I guess is it prudent for that you know for for the the developer to be throwing money at you know I'm assuming they're throwing money I guess that's that's the really big caveat here is it's entirely possible all these people are working for dirt cheap, but 
when there are concerns that the game may not be finished, that you may run out of money to finish the game. Um, is it prudent to be spending money on top line voice talent? I mean, I know that's something we all want. I know, you know, a lot of these ta- actors are respected. I know Mark Hamill, especially as far as a lot of video games. I mean, hell, he's, I mean, he's the Joker, not just in video games, but in animation. I mean, so he's got quite the pedigree there. Um, you know, that's great if you can get the talent and everything, but it just, it just feels like a bit of a misappropriation of resources. Like make sure the game's done first, make sure you can pay to get everything, you know, to get the game out in a state that's playable. And then if you can afford the voice talent after that, by all means go for it. And I, I, I hope that, that star citizen will, will finish and, and come out. Um, because it certainly seems, I mean, the, the Forbes has some pictures of, uh, of Hamill and Anderson in the, the mocap, uh, get up. Um, and you know, they're certainly going all out to, to get that ready. Um, but it just, I don't know. It, it, it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth that there are concerns that the game may not be finished yet. Here you are hiring Gary old. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Like the, 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 the primary concern should be the, the game you would think. Yeah. But I mean, I haven't been following star citizen, but almost like when I start, you know, looking up, Things about Star Citizen, almost everything I'm finding is about the the talent and the mocap and you know things of that nature. Not necessarily uh, you know about the game. And don't get me wrong, I, mean, I, I do find things about the game, but not as much as I'm hearing about other stuff. You know, maybe the status of the game and uh, you know who uh, who they're picking up now. Well, I think it was like a month ago, The Escapist had a piece that basically said, like, Star Citizen's in trouble. And then the, I forget who the developer actually working on Star Citizen is, he had to come back and be like, no, that's not true, that's all slander and lies. And then since then, there's been a few pieces kind of trying to, you know, in different media trying to show, like, oh no, Star Citizen's actually chugging along okay, it's all good. Um, But I don't know that the game ever escaped from that actual escapist piece basically saying like it's in trouble like it seems like it's all it's been in damage control mode since then i think part of this forbes piece here is a little bit of like look we've got these actors they're coming in they're recording stuff which on the one hand like yes that shows work is progressing that that, you know progress has been made but at the same time though it also it also feels a bit of a misappropriation no i agree i mean uh, the the voice acting should be the i I shouldn't say it should be the last thing they need to worry about but getting like Mark Hamill and these other big name voice actors or actors in general, I mean, he's fucking Luke Skywalker, um, that can't be cheap at all. And especially, especially with a Kickstarter game, I guess it's, it's different. Um, if it was like a game coming out from a publisher, you know, it'll hmm. feel it'll feel a bit different. But it's a Kickstarter game, and you have crowdfunded this game, and if the game sucks. Or has like any problems? It's really like, a lot of this. A lot of people are gonna point to the fact that they spent so much money on these actors, or you know that they really didn't need. Well, I, th- well, I think been a problem based off the Escapist article. There will be a lot of stuff they can point to, um, but th- this will definitely be part of that. Well, the weird thing about Star Citizen is I think it, it, it according you know this Forbes article says it's received ninety million dollars from backers and fans. That's that's a ridiculous amount of money, but it also quotes, and this is what I've also heard about Star Citizen, is that the game's being released in modules, so people are already playing it, and it's just coming out like like in a drip feed. Hmm. 
and it, it, it's very strange. But like the, the only things I really know about Star Citizen is that it's it's being released in parts, and uh, the thing involving Mark Hamill, Jillian Anderson, Gary Oldman, and all of them is the single player component. The rest of the game is like one giant like space MMO. And the other thing that I know about it is that apparently people love this game so much because it's a PC game for PC gamers. This game is supposed to get the most out of your rig. You spend thousands, thousands of dollars making your computer like the best it can be. This game will be the one to play to show it off because apparently this game is just... Yeah. The developers have been quoted saying this game would never work on consoles and it probably won't work on like consoles that come out in the next few years. It's 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 the PC game for PC gamers. I I think that's a common misconception that PC gamers want games that are so powerful so we can show them off. Like, no. I mean, don't get me wrong. I want a game that takes that definitely makes use of my of my system like i don't want a game that's nerfed like there's a lot of games like on the pc that are nerfed because of the console component but you know i don't care about showing people i live alone dude i don't care about showing my my father came (laughs) up when i bring women here i don't say hey you want to come check out uh you know bioshock my rig girl yeah you know check out bioshock look at the look, look at that polygon count oh yeah bedrooms this way like you know that doesn't happen Five minutes into Star Citizen, and he count. gives you this face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nick, I do show him a different polygon count. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I, I, I really haven't followed it, so I, I can't say too much about. It. But from what I can see, it's pretty. It, 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 they are getting a lot of negative press. It is. It is. Uh, it is a negative. I mean, even Nick's talking negatively about it. He's the public defender, you know. Not this time. <laughs> Not this time. But yeah, I, mean, I think the best defense is a good offense. <laughs> yeah, I do think it would be um, a different story if the game itself was published by like a regular publisher. But since it's not, and since it's, um, you know, since it, it, it's coming, it's crowdfunded. I think it's it's way more visible that they're. You know, spending money on this—it's like, it's like you know, if the dev got the crowdfunding money and then showed up to like you know GDC or PAX and like a Beamer, you know, like, <laughs> like it's kind of the same thing there. Like, like it, it just doesn't look great. Yeah, you know? and he's showing up at PAX like, and I don't know if I have the money to afford this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Asking for more money, you know. It's Let's like, all yeah. go to lunch. I'll drive. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, you know, times are kind of tough, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and he drives away in a Beamer, like you know, like, that that's kind of what it will look like. You know, I'll, I'll, one quick related question: um, just because the game's crowdfunded, though, that wouldn't have any effect on the contracts with the voice talent, such that if there's a voice talent strike, Kickstarter games would be affected just the same as traditionally published games. I would imagine so, yeah. They, they probably have to work with, like, the voice actors union to get, you know, the voice actors on board. So Star Citizen may be in trouble in another way, then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is, that is true. Star Citizen may be in trouble in another way if the voice actor strike goes through. So, I guess we'll find out soon enough. Alright, so I guess let's, uh, let's wrap up the show there a little longer 
the normal. Actually, this used to be like the normal length of a mash cast, and now it's a little longer. So, yay for us for that, huh? Oh, yeah. But, uh, okay, yeah, thanks for listening, as always. Uh, you can catch us on, um, actually, let's talk about the other shows first. <laughs> let's talk about the other shows first, because I obviously, this is the MASHcast. We are weekly, every Monday. Uh, you can catch a MASHcast. Um, WoW Talk is bi-weekly, so you can catch that, uh, every other Tuesday. Yes. Uh, and Orbit is now bi-weekly, so on WoW Talk's off weeks, you can catch in actually, Orbit. Uh, actually, it's, we're kind of switching, so it's going to be like basically we're, we're taking the off weeks, and in orbit's getting our weeks. So you'll get a wild talk this week, and then an in orbit next week. Yeah, you're, you're taking each other's off weeks. Either way. Yeah. Um. So that's in orbit. It's going to be biweekly. Double tap is still monthly at this point. Um. We also have review podcasts that you know whenever we do review, you drop those on SoundCloud and on the site. Uh. You can catch all of our podcasts on iTunes. On uh, Overwatch for iOS, Stitcher Smart Radio, Sound- Overcast, Overcast. God damn it! Yeah. You know, you did. Th- I think you did that before. You, you you called Overwatch Overcast. You get the two of those confused. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So you we uh, you can uh, yeah. It's on Overcast for iOS, Stitcher Smart Radio, SoundCloud, Player FM, and uh, Pocket Casts. You can catch all the podcasts there. Uh, you can catch us on Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons. We are on Twitter.com slash MTB Site. And we are on YouTube.com slash Mash Those Buttons. Uh, on Twitter, you can catch me at uh, underscore Ja. That's J-A-A underscore. So underscore J-A-A underscore. Nick, what's your Twitter? I am at WookieBH. All right. And what about you, Jeremy? Are you on Twitter? Uh, I am. It's at Shokasaki, S-H-O. K-A-S-A-K-I. All right. All right, and as always, thank you for listening. We will catch you guys next week. Have a great week, everybody. Later. Later.